All right, you guys ready? Let's do this. You're listening to the best of the best of the best. Fully loaded. It was so good. Luck, luck, luck. I don't think I've ever been chuffed. And what the mouth word said was, you talk too much. Scotty Potty Hay. Someone slap me. That is not that crazy. That's hard. Losers. This is like proof of the supernatural. This is not the first goal scored by a hand this month. What? You made your own luck. You win by winning. When he plays, he scores. You're a pouty baby that doesn't deserve to be a baby. He's just a weirdo. Si, senor. I would like the Pollo Ranchero, por favor. I'm just going to pour myself another bourbon and just let this thing roll. <laughs> All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. What do you want? Oh, I, I almost threw in there, this is no room for racism. I want to champion that. Yeah, Because absolutely. it's awesome. Brian Shusko. There you go. There you it's go. It's true. Hey, but guys, um, FPL sucks right now. Welcome back, fellers. No, no, listen, <laughs> listen. Welcome back to listen, Suckville. We did a long episode after game week eight, and we joked about how bad that dream team was. FPL was not fun in game week eight. We had two weeks to stew in that. Oh, two weeks to, to Over make the international break. Two weeks to consider minus fours, maybe minus eights. Heavily weigh things. Okay, I'm glad you're saying this. And, and then... No, 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 listen. I'm glad you're saying this the way that you are because there, there's energy there. I made my transfers. I yeah. made two transfers. I took okay. a negative four while we recorded... Last week. Two weeks ago. Two weeks. Before oh, yeah. the international sure. break. Last pod is what I meant. I didn't look at my lineup once for two more weeks. I needed the break. Sure. I got away. FPL was horrible in game right. week. Let's be honest. It's been a rough season so far well, for a it's lot of people. Been, look, it, everyone knows it. Anyone who's played this before, honestly, probably the people winning in your league right now suck. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm taking a shot at my brother a little bit. No, here's the, and look, we have a lot of, of good players who are scoring well in our league. Listen, captain's picks have been huge this year. True. Okay. But here's the thing. The guys who are supposed to be scoring good, I mean, if I read you my team, you'd be like, oh, my gosh, dude, you're going to be crushing. Not Even so, I'm ahead of you right not now. Not so fast, man. Yes, no, that's absolutely I true. I actually did okay with a 40 this week, and I missed my captain. Right. So, you know, I think I was second in our, in our not in our Super League, in our Mini League. Mm-hmm. I think I was, like, second with a 40. Yeah. The high score was, like, 47. Now, I, I haven't checked the Super League. I'm sure it's better. I will at the end of the pod. So, I... After two weeks away, I, I needed a fun soccer weekend. Sure. Yes. We got what we got instead. And on top of that, the one match that I absolutely wasn't going to miss, guess what happened? Power out. All day Sunday. Unbelievable. Ha, stupid. Yeah, I know. Terrible, terrible weekend. So there's a lot of... I've been following FPL Twitter for the last week or so. That's the one thing I have been following. There's a lot of angry FPL owners out there. There's a lot of this and that... All over the place. Start over. No, like as in start the whole season. Yes, over. absolutely. Not, not this episode constantly. <laughs> and 
and I'm with them. So what we need to do, gentlemen, yeah. we need to do something a little bit different on this yeah. episode. We need to provide a little bit of a pick-me-up for FPL owners out there. I need you guys to talk me off the ledge because about four different times today alone, yeah. I thought about how I was going to tell you guys that I quit. What? Well, Scott. So listen. Danielle <laughs> Weeby, you will not quit. Danielle? You will not. <laughs> I'm just guessing. It just fit there? Just throw it out yeah. there? Why would you? How, how do you know my wife's middle name, Brian? Listen, <laughs> I'm just guessing names here, bud. Weird. That's so weird. All <laughs> right. Really so, her name? Is that really? That's, yeah. <laughs> that's really? Weird. <laughs> of all names you pick, your is wife's I was name? Look, all I was thinking is a lady name would sound funny. And uh, and you pick that one. Happened to pick a uh-huh. random. Interesting. Your well, wife's middle name. We'll talk after the pod. We're gonna give out all of our we'll, fake awards that we'll we always we give out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brian's got a new segment that he's gonna give us. Uh, I know oh. that he gives us a new segment every week, oh, but he's yeah. got a real new segment. I have this several time. new segments. Oh, I love those. <laughs> I do love those. I'm gonna give uh, another round to Stutter Dud, and uh, I've got a couple of shocking stats to give out along the way as well. So let's get right down to it. Let's do it. Get on to week nine. All right, before we go into the game week nine dream... Before we go... Before we go... Before we go... Before we go... Now I'm going to have to leave it in. No. Yep. Before we go into the game week nine dream team... Uh-huh. We're having way too much fun here. Before we go into that, I want to give out Scott's set of the day right off the top. Whoa. Because this is indicative of what I've been talking about since we turned the microphone okay. on. Okay. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. Scott's set of the day is in the number 200,000. Jeez. That's a lot. The 200,000. You're going to win this one. The weekly wage of the entire... Aston Villa team. That's a good guess. That's actually maybe close. 200,000 is the negative points I took this week. <laughs> remaking my team. Okay. Very good. Wow. That's, that's a big... Good. That's gutsy move. Yeah. That's yeah. a gutsy yeah. move. I'm, ma- I'm going to make it back up. Yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah. All right. Well, well now, that's the number that FPL reported, uh, the number of owners who didn't get any points from their captain or their vice captain this past weekend. Aguero and Salah. Because Aguero and Salah did not ah, play. Ah, looking at you, Aaron Hicks. It's, it's a terrible thing. Like, those are the people, those 200,000 people, and, and the few that we know as yeah, well, personally, couple. those are the ones that's who, brutal. they feel me when I say FPL sucks right now. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh. Terrible times. So let's... Let's just go right through this. There, it, well, there was a dream team from game week nine. There's a few names worth mentioning. Right off the top, let's mention the one goalkeeper. It was not a stellar week for goalkeeper points, but the one who showed up in the dream team was Jordan Pickford with eight points. Does this Everton result give either of you the slightest bit of hope for mm-hmm. any sort of Everton defensive recovery? I know that I'm the guy that's always way too optimistic on Everton, but the answer is yes. Partially because... Ah, suck it, Dave. You were going to say no. Well, I mean, mm. at Brighton next week, I'm not scared. You never know. It could go either way. They could easily lose 3-0, right? But I'm not scared no. either. Spurs at home. Yeah. I mean, there's there, that's a 2-2 waiting to happen probably, right? 
Okay. At Saints, Norwich, at Leicester. Then it gets interesting. I mean, they have a they have a stretch from fourteen to seventeen where it's absolutely no. Yeah. For four weeks that, in yes, a row. That that after Norwich is terrible for them. But for the next four weeks, maybe up to the next international break, the next three, yeah, why not? Uh some of that might depend on the Yerry Mina injury. Not like he's uh gonna crush everyone if he is out there, but if the initial diagnosis on his knee injury was that it's not serious. But that's still could TB, be smoke and TBD. The thing I felt was pretty obvious in this match, also a little bit in the Spurs match, uh, and it's and you'll see it elsewhere, is just having a boss midfielder. And Everton Andre, Andre had Gomez. their boss yes. midfielder back. He's huge for them. With Gomez playing at least forty five minutes this season. Three wins, one loss, and one draw. Four goals conceded for the Everton for Everton. So without so Gomez, Gomez yes. four he, losses without Gomez, okay. nine goals conceded. Is he playing in the defensive role? Is he playing the the? Uh, Conte yeah, he role? is a defensive midfielder. Okay, he is not. He is he's, not going to be as advanced as any of the. Others. He's doing the role that Schneiderlin used to try to do. Yeah, the old yeah. Conte, even. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But, I mean, the difference, I just feel like the difference with him in compared to him out is... It's huge. Match. And he was okay. he was and a he standout was in this yeah, match. Yeah, he was, he was outstanding. So that's interesting, and I think that's probably worth... That's the most interesting and noteworthy thing. The, the Mina thing concerns me, but it's just like this. Uh, and, and Brother Matt, to his credit, said, I want to stay away from Everton's defense to start the year because they lost Idrissa Gea. And so to PSG... And and so because of that, he stayed away. And honestly, he's kind of been right up to this point. And it's taken Andre Gomez now finally well, getting that healthy. That was when they were best, was at the beginning of this season. I mean, that was the only time they got results, was the first four matches. I know, but I don't feel like they're getting, they were ripping off clean sheets, were they? They started I, with three, you're right. I think. They, they started with three, so that's fair. Because Dina had, was the highest scoring defender for the first three weeks. That right. was when he got all of his points. So Everton's essentially in its early days, of course, but they've essentially gone from top of the table to bottom of the table during this rough stretch. And, but Gomez was a fixture in those games. Correct. Yes. Okay. That was so the, that was the, that's I would a, say that was I the, just want to reference, reference that again. He's um, he's more relevant in real life than in fantasy, but I would say almost the same thing is true for uh, another midfielder for Everton who made the dream team, which was Bernard. Bernard, one of his, you know, the fact that he scored one of the two Everton goals here got him ten points in fantasy. Irrelevant, yes. You want Bernard to play ninety minutes because when he does, he scores double digits most of the time. It's appar- true, apparently, which is weird. He just can't seem to play ninety minutes much. No, I wouldn't. No, you're not. No, trusting. I'm still, no, of course you're not trusting. Stay, that. stay away from Bernard. He is yeah. that's really crazy. All right, let's go into the defense. There are five defenders who made the dream team. I'll just name them, and we can discuss the ones we want to discuss. Marcus Alonso of Chelsea scored fourteen uh, thanks to his goal in Chelsea's match. Uh, Daryl Yanmod of Watford, Jack O'Connell of the Blades, Matt Target of Aston Villa, and Steve Cook of Bournemouth. I feel like there's some fringe names there that are worth referencing. Yes, five five defenders. Uh, Sidibe from Everton, I think, was on that list until he got he must have gotten bumped. All right, at so some point, look, but. I want to bring this up, and and, and I don't know. Yanmot's last two games. He's been back for th- for three games. Yeah. Uh, Wolves was a minus one, uh, not good, right? But uh, the next week against Sheffield, nine points, and this week against Tottenham, twelve. Yanmot, mm-hmm. as I was watching the Watford Spurs game, 
Uh, he was in the box like a striker a lot. Yes. On yeah, you, like on counterattacks a lot. Yeah, I feel like we've seen that. We've seen it's just, just his injury concerns. I mean, I know, but I, as I just much as surprised. he's out there, when he's out there, he's he's like, useful. If anyone wants to go look up Daryl Yonmott's heat map, my guess is mm-hmm. it is more in the Spurs side of the pitch, very possibly, and or there's going to be a little warm spot inside the box where Yonmott mm-hmm. was hanging out. I will say. He's I'm not. I'm not. He is. He's down to four point three, and he's hurt. And well, he is. He's got the dreaded yellow. <laughs> he left, well, he left early, so you he know, got like, subbed I, off early. That's the re- just, I, I'm just surprised he's got a nine and a twelve. In, yes. No, it is noteworthy. Games. And my boy, Kike Sanchez Flores. He's 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 turned a corner a little. They're they're in the process of turning a corner a little bit. Hey, they drew not, Spurs at Spurs. I'm not high on Watford yet, but I'm not as low on them as I was before. You love Kike. I love him. He's he's such a rugged man. All right, Marcus Alonso, Brian, you nailed that one. You nailed that one. Roughly three weeks ago, you asked the question huh. so much so that we were like, wait, what? But you were absolutely right. Here's another. You know, here's 2017's Marcus Alonso. Wow. Alonso's last three games, 5-5 five, five, and 14. You're so, missing things if you don't read it. Well, check it out when it's there. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> several weeks ago, I mean, because I, I said it to myself, to everyone else. I said the words, I'm looking at you. Luca Dina owners. Mm-hmm. I, am, <laughs> you, I, I am that. That was you. I oh, was saying it to myself because they were the same price. And I was saying the second that Emerson got hurt, Alonzo came in. And since then, he's been, I would assume, one of the highest scoring players in, in FPL since he got his shot. 24 points in three weeks. Yeah, yeah. he's been unbelievable. Absolutely. And, and I, would, I would think, so one... Emerson's in training. Two, Alonzo is not coming out of the lineup if he's in this form. There's no way. He's at least got to force a decision. So at the very least, this is not just going to be Emerson was first choice, Alonzo's back to the bench. I can't imagine that Frank Lampard's going to going to make that he might. switch easily. Okay, but but Brian, he but he might. You're right. He the, he very well might. But Brian, in the course of taking your negative 200,000. Yeah. Did you keep Luca Dini? Do you currently have Dini? I still have him. Okay. All right. So people... I've had other... Like you, everyone says, I've had more pressing needs yeah, here. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. And and having Dini this past week wasn't terrible. No, finally. I mean, it wasn't Alonzo numbers, but it wasn't terrible. And listen, I, I just if you want to do a real quick comparison, just Dini has not been... Dina has not been terrible. He's Dina, not been last year's Dina. Yeah, he has only only Trent Alexander Arnold has more key passes this season than Luca Dina. Dina is still setting up players to shoot. He's he's still as involved as he you know as he was maybe not as much as he was at his peak last season, but he's still been very good. But I mean, I think that says more about the Everton defensive effort in in total than anything. All right, I want to ask you a question about 
to the defenders we've just discussed. Daryl Yonmott, is he a stud or a dud moving forward for Watford and for fantasy owners? I know what Brian's answer will be. Mine won't be too. It, I, it's tough to say stud on anything right now, Watford. But if Daryl Yonmott... I mean, I mean Kike Sanchez-Flores. Well, stud. All right. Yeah. Not what you think uh, Kike is stud or dud. Uh, well, he said all things Watford. I'm sorry. Okay, back, so, back to Daryl. I got distracted. Yonmott, I'm trying. I'm trying. I said we were going to focus on the positive tonight, guys. Brian's, okay. Brian's per. What Brian would no, say. No, what if are you going to say? I don't care. No, don't tell me what dud. Brian's no, going to say. No, I'm not buying him. Okay, dud. All right. My my qualification on stud or dud will be a stud is someone I'm willing to buy. A dud is not. I am not willing to buy you. That not. sounds about like how we've played this game for a, a year and a half, well, Dave. Well, fine. Good. Everyone knows that now. <laughs> okay, good. Right. Brian, stud uh, or dud? Darren Dunmont. I'm not going to say he's a stud. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not going to He's a does. That's what he's about to say. Listen, a duds. Daryl Yonmont <laughs> is very much worth 4.3 if you know he's going to be healthy. He's definitely worth... And, so he's and, a dud for now. And I'm saying that with their schedule, you're right. It's getting better. It is. I mean, they have... I'd say the next five weeks, they, they, are, they are useful if... The organized Watford that showed up against Spurs, That's the right. worst possible team they could play, uh, or the the best time to play a team like Spurs Correct. for the form that Watford is in right now. Okay. Could not have been better the for them to face. The are lengthy here, right? <laughs> I don't care. Okay. I, I just can't imagine that this defensive effort that you've seen from Watford so far this season gives you any confidence in anyone the only thing that makes Yanmat remotely interesting is that he's four point three, and there are guys that are that same uh, that around that same price that I would say I'd rather have than him. And yet, if Watford are going to make this work this season under Sanchez Flores, they're going to have to do it with defense first. And so, if you think they have a chance to do that, yeah, maybe Yanmat at four three now as your fourth defender. Is a smart move. It is a risk. Marcus Alonso, stutter dud. In light of what we just said, playing time may be questionable once Emerson comes back, but it's hard to argue. 5 5 and 14, stutter dud, Marcus Alonso, Dave. I'm not willing to buy him. It's yes. a dud. All right, Brian. Look, his talent is stud, but for, for sure. FPL, well, for FPL reasons. His form is stud. It's fair. I, but for FPL reasons. Fair enough. Dud. Brian? I still hate Marcus Alonso. I think he's a time bomb. Uh, his <laughs> that's form not, that's is, not the question, his Brian. His form is amazing right now, and I just don't I I just don't believe that I, I feel like it's been good, but I don't feel like Emerson all of a sudden an injury makes Emerson irrelevant in that position. I'm just not right. it's, I'm just not willing to buy him now. Okay. I should right. have bought him and done what I said. Give my I should have given myself a chore. Four weeks ago, when mm. when Emerson got hurt, and just gotten okay. rid of Dina and bought Alonzo, but I didn't. So Alonzo, even with his price drop, is still six two. Mm-hmm. That's pricey enough to be your first defender. Yeah, maybe your second defender if you have a high cost defender strategy. It's not worth it, even though he's in great form. Let me bounce out of the dream team for just a second. I want to point out one of Alonzo's teammates, Callum Hudson Adoy. Mm, Four, five, and nine in the three matches that he's played this season. Not bad and worth our attention. By the way, between now and the international break in November, Chelsea schedule's pretty great for the next three weeks. 
Cal Munson Adoy, stud or dud? He's a stud. One hundred percent stud. I agree. If I had a free transfer just to throw away on someone, I would swap Mason Mount for Hudson. Wow. I'm not willing to do that, but honestly, if they're going to produce close to the same amount of points, fantasy points, which I think is very possible, then Adoy is significantly cheaper. So CHO has scored more points over the three weeks he's played than Mason Mount. And uh, Hudson Odoi is six pounds even. Hmm. Callum Hudson Odoi has played not quite 200 minutes. He has already registered nine key passes. It puts him near the top 30 of all midfielders. Wow. For, for comparison, Bernardo Silva has 10. David Silva has 12. Brian, you're right. He, he's already created two big chances, which is the same number as Mason Mount, as James Madison, as John McGinn, as Mohamed Salah. Hmm. I'm saying that what Hudson Odoi has already done in 196 minutes is enough to say this guy is an engine. And in this fun Chelsea team that's so fun that even you have to like them, Dave, this is a blast of a team to watch. I love it. This it's is true. this. I love this team the way it's set up. I know it's Chelsea, and I know you hate to hear that, but I love these guys. I love it. Do you know how bad it pains me to own three Chelsea fantasy players right now? And I have zero <laughs> oh no! I, just I was to say, say how many you, Arsenal players? Zero. At this point, oh, you, you, I feel you. like you could you could make you could make so many triplets from so many clubs this season. It's it, it's, it's it's within. It, you're it's within, exactly right. Yeah. A lot of times, diversification is something I, I consciously work toward. Yeah. Uh, but this year, I feel like all my 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 entire squad could come from five clubs. You know how blue my squad is. Right? I know yeah, my the blue, blue is incredible. It's so blue right Le- now. Leicester has very very playable yeah. players. Chelsea, City, Everton, Everton not so much. Maybe if you really really want to make it happen. Yeah, but yeah. Very blue. Very it's very true. Very blue. We're gonna come back to Jack O'Connell and the Blades a little bit later. I was happy to see Matt Target the Dream Team, Man. mostly because we talked him up before the season started, and here he is, ten hey, points. Matt Target, welcome and, to welcome and, to relevancy. Finally, Matt. No, not now. Finally, he he from the second he started, he was relevant. Oh, fine. Look, Matt Target and Frederick Gilbert are absolute bargains, and their ownership is embarrassing. Yeah, so... You know, I know their schedule is ridiculous. Target's last three, nine, five, and ten. 4.4 price. Even with the, the form that he's been in, he's 0.6% owned. Gilbert is 0.8. Yeah, but you got to wait two weeks, right? Look, well, I'm weeks. saying their next, their next City, five. City, Liverpool are, are their next two opponents. Yeah, and then Wolves after that. So, I mean, that's not... I mean, that's three... Hey, listen. Don't you... The villains might get a result when Liverpool comes to town. So, you, <laughs> you know are, what? You are such a hater. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, look. I mean, look. We all know it's Liverpool's title to win, right, Brian? Well, it was one two weeks our, ago. Yeah, it's, it was, it's, it's over with. It's the, but it's the title so has been already. Liverpool's not going to be even on their game when they come into Villa Villa Park. I think if the I think these two guys, <laughs> if the schedule wasn't so maroon. Right yes, now, it is very bloody. Four point four would last about would have lasted a night for both of those guys. Yeah, 
We I t- I, I have I have it. Uh, I, it is unpublished from the. Uh, <laughs> from, from the all one, of our greatest effort uh, the, uh, Ryan, is, remain is unpublished. unpublished for, yeah, it's from all the, uh, from the one from the unpublished uh, one big stat uh, <laughs> columns from two weeks ago that made it into the discard Aston pile. Villa versus Burnley had an, an extensive evaluation of Gilbert, <laughs> Matt Target, and Matt Lowton, where I played up all three of them as uh, as guys who are bargains. Gilbert going into this going into this past week, uh, it's seventeen points. I think he has twenty two points now in his in the last six matches. He was already one of the best sub five pound defenders in just five starts. That's Gilbert. Target has more points than him in three in three weeks. It, yeah. That is crazy. Both guys I, I love both guys. Four point four is uh I I mean that's the reason why a guy like Jan Mott, as good as his returns have been here, I just I, I just I would rather have those guys, even with bad schedule. Yeah. All right, we're going to stay with the villains now, but move into the midfield of the Dream Team. And there was a a storyline that came up in our Slack workspace, which, by the way, you can access if you're listening to this. You just have to uh, become a a Patreon at a certain tier at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash FSFC. But we were talking about whether or not everyone's focusing on and owning the wrong villain midfielder. Jack Grealish makes makes the Dream Team. Not John McGinn. Jack Grealish, his last... Four scores, six, mm-hmm. two, seven, and thirteen this past week. Yeah, one of the fantasy football scout dudes talked about that this past week. That it was a little bit of uh, tactical change. Grealish playing more advanced. So it's three of the last four weeks for Grealish. I think returns in three of the last four goals in back-to-back weeks. All true. Um, so I just feel like John McGinn. I feel like the numbers still are close enough that McGinn... I, I don't see... I feel like it's just a pickup of Grealish's clinical finishing a little bit. Mm. Okay. Grealish had... Ten, like in this match, for example, which is a little bit hard to evaluate because of Brighton being terrible, Aaron Moy's red card. Mm. So, But even in this match, McGinn had... Uh, 13 touches in the box. Hmm. He had he led Villa in shots. He had six shots. Four of his six shots were in the box. Grealish had three shots, put two on target, and scored one of them. So I just I feel like it's Grealish's advanced role does help his cause for sure. I, I mean that's another guy that showed up weeks and weeks ago. He's a guy I feel like we just talked about him either last week or two weeks ago on the pod. Just that he's been outstanding all season long. The numbers just haven't like there just wasn't the same production. McGinn was the one getting the production. Now it's kind of flipped on Grealish. They're almost the same price. Yeah, it's a total toss up. If you don't have either guy, I'd flip a coin. And right now, Grealish's form says buy Grealish. Interesting. Very good. We talked a few weeks ago as well about how Lester tends to spread the wealth. Harvey Barnes was the midfielder representing Lester in the Dream Team this past weekend with eleven points. Mm hmm. Mr. Barnes. Back what on, do we think about Mr. Barnes? Is he back on your radar, Dave? Harvey. I'm not sure that kid's ever been on my radar. 
Look, not even like, remember he didn't he have that run a couple of seasons ago where he. I think it was last year. I I definitely year. was Scott, interested. Scott last loved year. some Harvey Barnes last year. Look, he, he had eleven. He had his best game of the year. There hasn't been one match this year that he's played ninety minutes. So, the four games prior to this were were one four two and one. Okay, yeah. so look, Harvey Barnes, real life player, man, he's doing good stuff. Man, he's a young kid for Leicester, fancy player. Dud for me. That's fair. If you're going to go Leicester, I think you, you look more towards Jamie Vardy's eight from this match. I mean, Vardy has played in all nine matches so far for Leicester. He's had five twos. But sprinkled in amongst those five twos, you've got two eights, a 12, and a 16. I've been discussing Roberto Firmino uh, for most of the season as the forward that you bring in and just have him all season long because he's going to have some twos, but then he's also going to have some big matches. And you want all those points. Maybe that's also true about Jamie Vardy. So if you want to go with... I think we've said that before. And, and I know this. Brother Matt wanted me to toot his own horn <laughs> for him as he has championed Jamie Vardy uh, all season. But Brother Matt, who is, is after this week, has jumped to the top of the mini league. It's his year. Uh, He's it, due. He, listen, he and Liverpool are cutting down the nets right now. And uh, <laughs> this is not a basketball podcast. I've been predicting him to win for three years. No one, no one loses better than him in the last three years. <laughs> oh, I have. I, I mean, uh, no, no dinner. No, 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 that's him. like uh, the ultimate backhanded comment. No, every, no. every oh, single year I've said this is it. Matt, He's it, been so close he every has. time. Yep, there's been multiple times. Uh, he is always there right into the last... Week and and there's been times where he's been leading going into the last week into our our, our small mini mini league, not the super league. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. Listen, I think he's up to 13th in the super league. So kudos kudos to him. Absolutely. But he says Vardy is his guy. He is setting and forgetting him. He is staying in his lineup and he's never moving him. And you know what? He's not probably a bad right. Idea. Not a bad idea. Vardy is fifth in overall forward scoring. But again, he's done that on four weeks of actual points, yeah. actual returns, and that's that's kind of that's what's hard about something but like that. Scott, points are points. Points are points. No, that's absolutely right. And and that goes back to my first point about how Firmino and Vardy those are going to be look those are but, guys that that's how their season's going to be. Vardy scores in four weeks, and he's still. Only seven points behind Aguero, who didn't even play this week. Speaking of Aguero, you're absolutely right. He did not play this week. After six straight weeks to start the season of returns for Sergio Aguero, he follows up a four and a two with a blank. Only David Silva uh, from Manchester City made the dream team with his 11 points. Weird guys. Weird, weird week. Aguero and Mares don't play. They both play today in Champions League. Yep. And they both were smoking hot. Right. So not this was physically, looks-wise, mm. I mean play-wise. The Manchester sure. City Palace match was the injuries? What injuries? <laughs> oh, those injuries, Darby. <laughs> no Martin Kelly injured on Friday. No. Vince- whoa, whoa, whoa. No Martin Kelly. I know. If only Palace had Martin Kelly, things oh, may have been better. Oh, my gosh. You uh, mean he finally didn't start no, like he, we've been saying? But he's injured. He was Wait, injured. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not first choice? Not when you're injured. Oh. <laughs> the reason that you own him is in case of other players' injuries. injuries. So when he gets injured, it's a real, it's a real right. crusher. Hold your thought, because I have, I have to insert here that the Martin Kelly rule worked in reverse for me this week. Oh, what good. saved my week was Martin Kelly sitting on the first spot in my bench. You're absolutely right. He would have gone in for Mo Salah, except. 
Kelly didn't play. So I went to the second spot on my bench where Diego Rico's eight was sitting. Look, save my week. You should have had those reversed anyway. Martin, Martin Kelly rule... Is the I, it's it's like the best luck no, you could possibly uh, have. That, that, it's honestly, the rabbit's foot of FPL. That's bad managing. That is bad. You you got to look at that. You look if you're gonna manage FPL this season, if you're not making sure that your bench is viable and the proper guys are in the proper order, then you're not doing it. You did not deserve Rico's eight points. But sometimes you luck out and you got it anyways. I disagree. I think it was. I think it was <laughs> precise. Yeah. Perfection. True. Crystal, Crystal Palace Management. at home, even against Manchester City, you always have oh, a yes. shot of even if it's a point zero one percent shot at a clean sheet. Yes. Guaida misses out, so Wayne Hennessy starts. Welcome yeah. back. Nine saves or whatever it was because Guaida has a groin injury. Aguero gets a pretty much a week and a half off, almost a full two weeks off. Doesn't have rested on international duty, and uh, you know what kept him out, Dave? Uh, I'm sure it was like a his niggling a, a injury issue that has prevented him from training, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Oh the, yeah. The thing you said was impossible. Yeah. Sure. Exactly. <laughs> no, but Pep said that <laughs> Jesus was in rhythm. He could train. Aguero couldn't train as much. Look, so Jesus, but you're you're <laughs> going to say that this is tactical anyway. I. I am going to argue that. Okay. There, this is the first time that I can ever remember when Aguero's healthy and he doesn't start a Premier League match. I'm sure it's probably happened maybe once or twice before. I'm talking about ones that I really that, that I remember and stand out. I, I've been on record saying this, whether I've said it on this pod, I've said it to friends, I'll say it officially today. I don't think Manchester City give much care to winning the league this year. I think, yes, if they could do it, great. It's tough to do it three years in a row. They've done it two years in a row. I think what they really, 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 really want is something that they haven't got close to yet, and that's Champions League. And ironically today, Manchester City plays, and Mares, and who's been on fire, and Aguero start today. And along score. with Sterling, De Bruyne, it looked like City's best team that they could throw out there. And I am concerned, as a current Aguero owner, what to do with him when Jesus is playing at the level he is and the Silvas are playing at the level they are. Gundogan's playing well as well. It seems like everyone on City seems to be playing pretty well except for the defense, which is in massive shambles. I, I just think that I feel like my gut says they're going to prioritize Champions League, Premier League will take a small back burner to that. And and I think Aguero is the number one starter. And I think when it, on Champions League weeks, it's not going to surprise me if Aguero is not starting on the weekend, which means I probably, I'm not going to do it this week, I probably need to get out of the Aguero business. Hmm. And that's what everyone who owns him needs to be thinking about. I'm not ready to pull the trigger yet, but I am abs- if he doesn't start this weekend, I'm pulling the trigger. Uh, for just sure. for, for what it's worth, uh, Manchester City today versus the Atalanta Falcons. Uh, <laughs> Walker, Gundogan, Sterling, Mares, Aguero all go 90 minutes. Yeah. KDB, Mendy both substituted early. Right. For not injury reasons. Right. So just yeah, pure For Aston Villa reasons. Well, so that's what I was going to say. So. David Silva, Bernardo Silva, both rested. Bernardo yeah. Silva's inquest is the results of his mm. uh, his Mendy tweet are still TBD. Mm. 
Mm. It could be a suspension for him. In that case... They're sitting him so that they can make it retroactive, right? Like, they're hoping uh, they can I, get I don't through. Know. Yeah, I had, I by don't, the time I have, it's decided, it he's served much. all those it, matches. Really? Could, that's that's no. my guess. Come on. It, I don't know you if don't it, think so? it I mean, He like did that? play and score six There's points the, against The suggestion Palace. was if, if he gets the full... I mean, if he gets the ban that they're talking about, he would miss Liverpool. So, no, I mean... Sad. Not like, yeah. Sad. Um, oh, like it's going to matter. He'll just play Mares or someone else, right? I, I mean, come on. I just... I, to your point, though, the next two matches at home against Aston Villa and Southampton... Are those the iffiest two matches you've ever heard that could be upcoming for Manchester City? I don't trust anyone on this. I hardly trust. I for, almost don't what trust. What you mean for City? For who's going to start in oh, those yes, matches? Yes, that is really concerning. Uh, look, I, I'm not. I mean, look. I think right now, so we know there's a knee injury. First. I like Sterling. Well, I feel so, good about so Sterling. Pep, I mean, there's not enough to say about Raheem Sterling. He, he Sterling was so good today. He he flipped the ownership arrow. Uh, as far as purchases, like transfers in for the week, like yeah. not, like in a massive way. Yeah, I mean, he was already. I mean, his, midweek, he, he, and he, he he bounced. He he basically made it even, and when he was you know tens of thousands to the negative, he scored a hat trick and had two assists today. Yeah, would have had so. two, like what would have been two fantasy assists. Yeah, today. but I mean, I just feel like Mendy. I think is safe because we know Zinchenko has a knee injury. So that's a that's also a, to be determined well, as far as I, but as why far would as I want a, a city uh, well, what I'm saying is like I'm saying as far as safe picks here, Odomendi's been, but he had a, picked up a knock on international duty. I'm just saying like guys that you can probably count on being no, there this week. No, no, sure, but no, going to be guys, in there. But what I'm saying no, is like guys, guys, listen. The safest bet from Manchester City right now, and this takes us back to the dream team. Has got to be David Silva. David Silva has done something that no other City player has done through nine weeks of the season. Can I tell you what that one thing is? Tell me. He's the only City player to have scored at least one fantasy point in all nine matches. The only one. That's interesting. Now he's had three ones, but he's still the only one who's done that. He scored his eleven here. He's done what we just discussed that Jamie Vardy did. He he's basically scored all of his points in four matches: two tens and two elevens. The rest are ones and threes. But he is the fifth highest. Points per pound score so far through nine weeks of the season among midfielders. Yeah, David Silva is your guy if you're looking at Manchester City right now with maybe a, a strong nod, like you were saying, to Raheem Sterling. And if you love KDB and you still have him, then maybe you keep him. But if you're looking to bring in a City player, it's got to be David Silva. I would love to. I was point three away. Uh, I was three tenths away from being able to make a uh, take a minus eight. To also include him in my transfers in for what I did this week. If I could have done that, I would have done that. But as a as a Riyad Mahrez owner going into this week, right. Because he has been low on the priority for me as far as transfers go. Yes, that's how bad it's been. Uh, I, I, that is an easy move to make. Brian, I want you to hold that thought on your negative eight, and I'm ask listeners to hold their thought, like put a little bookmark on that negative eight comment that Brian just made. We're going to come back to that and talk about negative point strategies at this point in the season but first i want to discuss two more forwards the first one rounds out our dream team danny ings of southampton with nine points danny ings to exist to ruin clean sheets solely to destroy any hope of a clean sheet you are exactly right david no one uh, no one's going to own he, yes he needs to be right? back in the conversation i'm sorry really, Dave. Though? nine seven nine in his last three three straight goals uh the thing that makes me 
not want to buy him, Dave, is that three of his four goals this season have come from hustle and mistakes. <laughs> uh, so he, but that's Danny Ings' entire gaffs. no, but Ings' entire career has been based on garbage goals. He specializes in them. So he scores the goal against Liverpool on a deflection on from a garbage Adrian. mistake. Yes. He scores the goal against Tottenham on a garbage mistake. But Brian, I'm he scores at the, the goal here. On a, a yeah, on a garbage mistake. It's true. He's five point nine. Yeah, so, Dave, in your little value game that you play, I feel like now would be the time to own Ings, except for the fact that his next four matches are against Leicester, at City, Everton, at Arsenal. You know why that doesn't bother me, Scott? Because Arsenal's his last in there? three games have been at Tottenham, <laughs> home to Chelsea, and at Wolves. There you go. So. Danny Ings Danny coming Ings into your lineup doesn't give three craps who's he who he is playing. And I just wonder. I mean, look. And he's it, their and he's their first choice penalty taker. So as long as he's healthy and as long as he's playing, if Southampton get a penalty, it will be Danny Ings taking it. So I know that matters about zero this season so far. You know However, what? it's definitely a guy. If if I could make him my third forward, I would love to do that. You know what, Dave? Who would you rather own right now, Jordan Ayew or Danny Ings? Ah. <sighs> Jordan Ayew is is he still five one? Is on my team. He is at a five zero. Okay. And Ings is at a five nine. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a jump. It is a jump. Ayew uh, thirty four points on the year. Ings, but not four, the form. Forty two points on the year, mm-hmm. and definitely not the form. Man, this is very bizarre. If I could do it in one move, and I can't, because that's, okay. that's, that's a that's a bigger jump. money jump than people realize. Sure, I mean, that's point nine. I would do it. I, if I could do it in one move, yeah. I would do it. I can't do it in one move. What's annoying about Ings? Do you want to answer the the question with a final answer? So, final answer is, I would rather own Ings, but I can't. I you <laughs> I you for the money? Uh, yeah, only 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 because yeah. at five zero. I mean, it's a ridiculous bargain at five zero, and I'm spending money other places. What's That's a, right. What's but a, as crazy as it sounds, Ings as a third striker, not a horrible well, idea. Well, and he's at least making you make me ask the question, right? Yeah, like that's that's no. the reality of it. So, so two things. First, Danny Ings, if it was just toe pokes on mistakes, and he's scoring goals, <laughs> you know what I mean, like from six inches away or something like that, I would say like, no, I kind of forget it, but. He has 22 shots this season. It's the f- it's 16th most overall. So he's 16th best in the Premier League for shots. It, That's shots. not terrible. He's in the top 20 for shots. He's in the top yeah, 20 you know for what? shots on target. I'm just saying. If like, you're 22nd best in shots, it's only a matter of time before you're 22nd best in goals and 22nd best in points. And the fact that he is getting these garbage goals tells me that maybe there's going to be a little bit of what we like to call on this podcast regression to the mean. Maybe. I, I, it is interesting, though. Look, a, a garbage goal once, great. Garbage goal twice, better. A garbage goal three times, <laughs> well, now not not a fluke. So he has. <laughs> so what you're saying is he's the garbage goal specialist of the Premier League. Well, look, hey, I, so Danny Ings has eight shots on target. You know who else has eight shots on target? Aubameyang, Jamie Vardy, Jamie Vardy. Okay. No, no, Jamie okay. Bart, no, so, uh, no. <laughs> I'll Does say he? this. He might. No, look. Look, uh, look, let's move on from this. No, Salah has 11. This okay. is the last word on this. 
There are some guys, and I've seen this, have this weird knack of being in the right place at the yes. right time. Danny Ings. Ings. He's, he's one of them. No, he's been great. That, he's made that, a career out of it. For whatever reason, yes. he has a horseshoe stuck in his ass, <laughs> and he's in the right place at the right time. So he's the Martin Kelly of forwards. <laughs> Horrible analogy. Not even close. <laughs> Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Zero. That oh, was come like on. Zero, zero. Come on, you like no, that. No, I'm, I'm standing by it. Listen, let, me, let me move on to one other forward. Here's really. what's annoying about Danny Ng. Okay. He gets you returns in weeks two and three, proceeds to go two, one, and one after that. So just as you're thinking like, because my issue with him was that he was, it was kind of Che Adams getting the nod ahead of him. We said in the beginning of the season that Danny Ng's, the whole thing is durability. Can, they need him to be healthy. He's way too important for them as far as their offense is concerned. They need him out there. So I just feel like he's more. it's more of the keeping him fresh. Yeah. So I, I don't think you're ever... I mean, this week is the first time this season he played 90 minutes. So like, this is great. Three matches in a row where you get over 80, 80 minutes or more from Danny Ings. It just makes me nervous because they, they can't afford a Danny Ings uh, three-week or four-week hamstring injury. So I feel like there's going to be more of those 16-minute weeks coming up cause, just because they need him. Yeah. Now is not the time, in my opinion, to buy Danny Ings. Although I understand if someone feels like if ever there was a time, now would be it. Nothing against Danny Ings. No. We all like Danny Ings. He's a great I'm, I'm guy. I'm scared of him. What? I'm scared of him. Why? Because of his tats? No, you know he looks like I've seen him look mean. Oh, I'm he looks like him. he looks like he. Walked, I've seen him at, at his meanest. He looks like he's he walked straight out of Peaky Blinders, he, straight onto the South. He would absolutely page. be part of Peaky Blinders, no doubt. He'd okay. be running the streets with Arthur. <laughs> All right, now listen. Everyone was hot for Ashley Barnes to start the season, and rightfully so. He had. 13, 5, and 7 to start this the year. This gives me great joy. Yeah, Dave. Then there were a few weeks. so. You he, hear, what, hear what Scott said? But he's yeah. done nothing Scott, since then. Scott doesn't know what he's talking about. And after a few weeks of no returns, Ashley Barnes owners, right about now, probably all wish they'd gone from Barnes to Chris Wood. Scott, who's owning Hold him? on, stop. You Chris said, Wood. Stop. You said a few weeks. I want to take glory in this. What's his, what's his One, percentage? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six straight weeks of nothing from finger mask guy. Okay? <laughs> so suck on those apples, Ashley Barnes. Regression to the mean. Oh, yeah. You this is piece not, of crap. This is not about Ashley Barnes. This was supposed to be about Chris Wood and the yeah, fact that he's had positive. 13. Yeah, positive, positive. you dumb idiot. <laughs> 13, 7, 2, and 5. And I'll hey, tell you what, hey, hey, Chris, Wood's, scared, Chris Wood's goals Chris are Wood. not garbage goals. Hey, no. Those right. are not garbage Scott, goals. Chris Wood or Danny Ings? Chris Wood. Chris Wood. Brian, Chris Wood or Danny Ings? Yeah, I'd rather have Wood. Okay. Done. And Chris Wood's price right now is 6.2. That's yeah, only that's a little saying, bit of a that's, jump. That's yeah, if that's your decision, if your decision is between Wood or, or, or Ings Danny Ings Wood. and you're buying Chris okay. Wood. All right, gents. Hey, got, uh, FPL said it uh, last night. No one has scored more goals in the last four weeks than Chris Wood. So you're exactly right, Scott. This Thank sum you, Brian. Summer Chris Wood finally showed up. Summer form Chris Wood, who was scoring two or three goals every every preseason match they had, finally decided to show up. And he had a goal. His, is Chris his second Wood, goal Brian? was ruled off, and I felt like that was weak. Brian, is Chris Wood the most deadliest aerial attack artist in the league? 
It's the reason why I still, I, I mean, Dwight McNeil gets the assist on his goal here. I still really like Dwight McNeil. He's a, I mean, six pounds is a little expensive for an offense that doesn't kind of oh, have the volume. You can't, you can't go there. I, I'm just saying I like Dwight McNeil as a real player in real life. Fair. And I think that's, I think that's, he, he can benefit from exactly that thing. I'm saying Chris Wood had a brace here. His second goal was ruled out because his foot caught uh, Johnny Evans yes. as he was going into the goal to try to stop a ball that was going in anyway. That was I, um, I, that I do I mean whatever. Thanks VAR. All right, whatever. hold on. We're gonna end our pod discussing VAR, so hold that thought too. But uh, yeah, Chris Wood's definitely someone to to def, you know to, to be interested in, someone to consider. All right, we're gonna go through a variety of storylines now as we continue on through our podcast. I'm gonna start here, gentlemen. We've spent a lot of time talking about Liverpool players already this season. And honestly, you know, some of them have underperformed in terms of fantasy, uh, certainly given how much airtime we've given them on this podcast. I'm someone who tries to find as many players as he can to own and forget about. Keep them in the lineup. Don't do a thing. Enjoy getting all their points throughout the season. When Andy Robertson started the year with 2 2 and 2, while Trent Alexander-Arnold had 5-1-5, five, five, you guys told me I was crazy. Andy Robertson's ownership went down. Trent Alexander-Arnold's ownership went up. Rightfully so. Trent Alexander-Arnold has had a good year so far. However, after Andy Robertson's 8 in this past game week, the match against Manchester United, both Robertson and Alexander-Arnold have virtually identical points-per-pound scores through nine weeks i felt like that was important to bring up what do you think about that dave i understand your point my my concern is liverpool still finds a way to leak a goal right like i know allison's back they still did it this week they still let at old trafford stop at old trafford i was gonna say we we talked about it before that this that the schedule for this in this little bit was a little more difficult so sure so, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't – but you're right. They have done that all season long. I'm, I'm just saying they, they've been leaky for whatever reason. I can't put my finger on it, but they've been leaky. And now, yet, their offense, and yet – Their offense has been better than they were this point last year. Sure, but yet Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold have not been bad defenders to own, even with the price. No, that's true. Uh, that's fair. Well, listen, so remember, like what we said – you know, weeks ago, I don't, I don't mind owning either guy. I think that Trent Alexander Arnold's attacking numbers are still so far beyond. Although he's almost, got the dreaded yellow triangle right now, he's Mark. sick. So almost everybody except De Bruyne, <laughs> he's got mono. Is he's he's better than almost everyone in the league except Kevin De Bruyne. Dune. Almost every <laughs> Alexander Arnold is that sure. has been that prolific this season. Yeah. So, Trent Alexander-Arnold scored 11 points in game week four since then over five matches, which I would say is a pretty decent sample size given that we're only nine weeks into the season. Over the last five matches, Robertson has scored nine more overall points than Alexander-Arnold. Yeah, and right now... He is Trent, caught up to and, Trent. And Yeah, and right now, Trent Alexander-Arnold, uh, I mean, the owners have had enough. I mean, the, the, numbers are, the numbers are significant for him for transfers out so far. <laughs> With that season. said, though, Brian, I would even argue, even though I'm making the case that I'm 
I'm justified in holding Andy Robertson through the nine weeks of the season. I would still say that Trent Alexander-Arnold owners are overreacting a little bit unless you're deciding that that you're wanting to cash in now. Scott. If that's the case, that's fine. But Trent Alexander-Arnold is not going to go away. You're cashing in. You're cashing in a tenth. Tell me this. Are either one of them in the top ten at points per pound? I don't know that off the top of my head. Both are close to six. So Al- Where's Robertson, your magical freaking Robertson has 5.93 <laughs> points per pound. Alexander Arnold, 5.94. Right now, I don't want to say I don't want to say what it takes to make to make the dream team for the points per pound squad, you have to have at least 7.78. But there's a little bit of an asterisk, and we're gonna come to that in just a little bit. Okay, so that's my point, right? So uh, what I'm saying is is are you better to spend your money somewhere else? Maybe. In that in that sense. But let me ask you and this is the this is the question I keep asking. We're always talking about using the past to predict the future. Is Liverpool defender specifically these two we're talking about, are they going to only get better or are they going to stay the same or are they going to be worse? It's one of those three. L- Liverpool has an issue with this. Um, they don't rotate players enough. And uh, isn't that great if you're an FPL owner of a player? Yes. Like I, Andy Robertson, we talked about this. He's not going to have anyone coming in for him. I think that's going to have to change at some point. My, my, my other concern is this. I think because the defense doesn't have people to come in for them that they're going to be a little lacking in some of these Premier League matches. I just... And maybe that's why they're leaking a goal every now and then. So then you're completely relying on their offensive attacking returns. So then because of that, I just think it's a little risky. Look, they both have been doing great. Like if you own either one of them, you're fine. They're, they're third and fourth highest scoring defenders in FPL. They're, they're only third and fourth to Pereira and Lundstrom. And yes, I own both of them. Nice. So I, I don't own Alexander or Arnold um, <laughs> you don't own Alex. Wow, Bourbon. Thank you, Bourbon. <laughs> Robertson or uh-huh. Alexander or and or Arnold. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Take three. Bottom line is, I get uh, it. I, I understand, and they're hard to go to, especially now with Alexander Arnold's price probably at a at a high. Right. It seems like it might only come down a little bit. So maybe you wait. You don't want to buy high. You don't want to buy high. No. But at the same time, it's well documented that in this match against Manchester United, United actually tactically planned to try to push back Robertson and Alexander-Arnold. They used Daniel James and Marcus Rashford to push them back and keep them from coming forward. At halftime, Jurgen Klopp made an adjustment. He changed formations, which allowed them to be able to come forward a little bit more. And and you saw Robertson you know, contribute here with an eight, contribute to the goal. Only Adam Lallana uh, gave you additional returns here from Liverpool because of the goal that was scored late in the match. So you know, Jurgen Klopp made the adjustment to be able to allow for that to happen. Jurgen Klopp was a baby after the match. Do you want to hear what Jurgen Klopp had to say? I know what he said. I listened to what he said. I heard Jurgen say, well, you know, we know that people are going to come out and not play football against us. That's me <laughs> paraphrasing a little bit, right? Uh, oh, like like we're the only ones that play, like Liverpool Football Club's the only ones that come out and just play football. No, Jurgen, you got out 
outcoached and outmanaged in the first half. Credit to you. You made some halftime adjustments. You had to change change some things in a major way to get yourself back in the team. But you were outmanaged in the first half, and you were outplayed. And so you were absolutely smoked in the first half. Dave. Second half, things got better. But let's be honest. It took a gaffe. Two defenders misses, some ball traveling all the way across the box, and a Lalana tap-in. It wasn't like there was some great, fantastic, oh-my-God goal that come from Liverpool offense. That was not the case. They got a gift. They should have lost the match one nothing. And, and Jurgen, don't be such a bitch. Okay. Are you done? Yes. Can I have a moment? Say your Jurgen quote. Okay, I, I will give you my manager quote of the week. It does come from Jurgen Klopp. Boo. It is in reference whoa, to what whoa, you just said. Whoa, The Chris Wilder manager quote of the week? It goes to Jurgen Klopp this week. You don't want You don't want Chris Wilder's quote, Dave, as an Arsenal fan. I don't fan. care about that. You don't want his quote. What happened, he in, essentially, that game, he what essentially, happened in that game is great about the Premier League. So bring that game well, up. Well, he almost kind of made reference to Arsenal being a League One club. Do you really want that? That's silly. Okay. That's just stupid. Well, I mean, he didn't, but, it, I mean, he allowed you to think about it. <laughs> so we're going to go to Jurgen Klopp. I'm going to spare you that, Dave. I, I like Chris Wilder, so whatever. Yeah. Okay. Can I, can I make my Klopp point sure. before giving his quote? Sure. You said he got outmanaged in the first half. He did. Okay. When you manage the club that has been perfect through eight matches, and you have a strategy that has allowed you to do that, is it getting outmanaged when you come out with that same strategy in the first half? Is that really the emphasis you want to put on here? Obviously, yes. yes. United came out to play against that strategy. But when you make the necessary adjustments to be able to overcome that and get the draw in the match, is their focus really... Does it really belong in the fact that United came out with the strategy against what Liverpool does well, or is it the fact that Klopp was able to make the adjustments with the players that he had in over in order to get the draw in the end of the match? The cocky managers say we're going to go out there and just do what we do. And is that we, a cocky and, manager? And, and, that, and we'll be fine. Are you serious? The best managers, the best managers, in my opinion, look at what the other team does best and tries to neutralize that. United hasn't done what they did in this match, playing essentially two two forwards, Daniel James and Marcus Rashford. They have not done that before. So you want Jurgen Klopp to prepare for a strategy that United hasn't used all That's season? A, that is a fair point. But I'll say this. Dude, you're in the freaking Premier League. Think about every situation that they might throw at you and be ready for that. He was. He went from a 4-3-3 to a 4-2-3-1. In the second half? Sure. And it was barely enough. It took gaffes to make that goal happen. United, I mean, Liverpool wasn't at their best, there's no doubt. They still got the draw here. Why weren't they at their best? Th- this is frustrating sometimes. You, you know one of Th- the big reasons why they sometimes. weren't at their best. Why, Brian? The save team, us. Save us from well, ourselves. I could say the same thing about the Arsenal match, which <laughs> everyone out there is probably like, hey, Dave, why don't you talk about Arsenal? We'll talk about We'll get to them in a second. Look, Arsenal... And Liverpool, neither were at their best. Now, I am shortchanging Sheffield if I say, well, Arsenal wasn't at their best. And so I'm saying that Sheffield, even on their best day, can't compete. Sheffield showed up and played their ass off in that match, and they got the result. Kudos to them. United actually showed up for once this season Correct. and played well. And the reason That's why Liverpool it. wasn't at their best is because United took it from them. So I just think when we look at matches, and pundits say this all the time, well, you know, Spurs were not their best, and, uh, you know, City wasn't at their best. Well, why not? It's probably because the opponents had something to freaking do with it. 
We can't just say that the other team was just uh, off. Today. I thought everyone. It's just not. I, I don't think that's fair. I was going to say I thought that was one of the big takeaways here was the the tactical change for Solshar being really good, like one of the first times where he's been praised unanimously no, for I, what he for what he brought. And that's, that's right. And, and that's, one of the first times in a point. long time that he that people had po- something positive to say about him. As no, a because manager. the focus has been on making excuses, and I did this two weeks ago on our podcast for the injuries they've had, uh, and understandably so. But here he said, "Forget about it. let's let's do something here. We have this match at home. It's a big match. Of course, you know the players on both sides are going to be ready." He came out and he did something about it, and and good. You're right. Good for him. He deserves credit. For what he did. Well, I, but at I the mean, same time, I don't discredit Jurgen Klopp for not having a plan for a strategy that he wouldn't have known in advance was going to happen. I give him credit for being able to adjust. The sure. best managers no, are that. able to make the adjustments no that doubt. are needed. I agree that. And here, and uh, I'm not coming at you. Sure. I'm not coming at Come you. At, because at me. I like Unai Emery. I like what he's mm. doing at Arsenal. But Klopp was able to do what needed to happen, and the end result was a 1-1 draw. Yeah. Sheffield beat Arsenal 1-0. Well, so you one anyone who watched the match, Arsenal players F that up, right? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't anything tactically that technically didn't at least keep that game in a 1-1. We're going out of order from the uh, original agenda, but we gotta discuss this. The Christian Benteke, wasteful player of the week award. No doubt. Has to go to Nicola Pepe. Nicola Pepe. Twenty first minute miss. He went with the wrong foot. I Dave. was screaming. The wrong foot. Listen, there was a couple times. We're not going to spend long in this match. Um, I'll say this. Sheffield deserved the result. They played awesome. Arsenal wasn't that bad. Now, what they did look like, though, and this is what's driving a lot of Arsenal fans to call for Emery's head, is there was times where tactically there was players in, in, in these groups and like four players too close together. I'm, I'm watching on my phone, pointing... Screaming and pointing. Pass it there. Why isn't someone there? And it's in the middle of the pitch. There's a huge opening in the middle of the pitch. And all the Arsenal players, there's four or five on the right side. And I'm, I am screaming at the phone. I'm losing my freaking mind. Yeah. And this is what all the Arsenal fans are seeing as well. Emery did make a change at halftime. He took Willock off. He brought Ceballos on. Some people would say, why didn't you start him in the first place? I get it. Dave, it's because Unai Emery does his best work in the second half. Sometimes. We know this. That's true. But let me take this back to Jurgen Klopp. He's going to give us our manager quote of the week this week following this match. He said, and I quote, manager quote of the week right here. This year, last year, the year before, they, Manchester United, just defend. That's how it is. It's okay. It's no criticism. It's just a fact. When you think about Manchester United against Liverpool, you think both teams are trying like this, but it's not. We try. End quote. Dave, you hate that. Whatever. That's fine. Yeah, you're the only one that tries, Jurgen. Good job. Good job. First of all, let me... I have questions. So, or end statements. Uh, <laughs> number one. Dave, you know the reason why the Liverpool-Manchester United match was significantly different. Mo Salah was not available. Right. So that changes everything. That, we should have already referenced that at some so, point. How have we gone this long with the fact I, that I, I, Salah I wanna, wasn't because in Because you guys had a lot to talk about, and I wanted to let you guys Goodness have Goodness gracious, <laughs> alive. Second of all, he's in training, and he should play tomorrow. And even if he doesn't, he should be okay for the weekend. So Salah owners don't sell? No, you should have sold him a long time ago. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're right. And owned Mane. <laughs> no, listen. Mane was the number one transfer in last game. I'm sure he was. He should have been. Uh, second of all, 
it's too bad that um, the title was decided two weeks ago or the United-Liverpool result might have mattered. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Well said. Um, well said. Dave, third thing, uh, you hate to be on the losing end of the violent imagery derby. Sure. Blades versus Gunners. Yes. Too bad the old Washington Bullets couldn't have shown up. <laughs> well this played. is not an old NBA podcast. Well played. I will say, you've got to give Jurgen Klopp credit at least for making the change that he made at halftime. That allowed for the 1-1 result. If you're an Arsenal fan, I love Unai Emery, but unfortunately he wasn't able to do enough to make the result change, and it stayed Sheffield 1, Arsenal 0. Dave, what you are afraid of is that uh, Arsenal... Uh, didn't create a ton of extra chances that they uh, that they didn't have a lot of shots or a lot of chances to score. First of all, the, well, the fifth thing I wanted to say, it was more of a question: Is Dave, how did Pepe miss that shot? Unbelievable! It's one of the few shots in the six yard box that nearly went out for a throw in. Brian, it's one of your favorite. I mean, I mean, it basically went sideways. He used the wrong foot, and that's yeah. why we are giving him the Christian Benteke wasteful player I, I of the week we gave, award. I know we gave that to him, Dave. The last thing is. Dave, Arsenal absolutely bent the blades, outshooting them by a whopping nine to eight. Yeah. Yes. And the Gunners three shots on target completely dulled the blades defense. Yes. And yet and yet, Brian, I have to mention I've been putting together the points per pound squad cumulatively over the course of the season each game week. Yeah. And I, I did it today following uh, – we're, we're recording this on Tuesday, a little later than normal. Yeah. But we wanted to make sure we got the Monday match, Sheffield and Arsenal, in. And I put the squad together today, and I could not believe what I found. Bro- Dave. Yeah, I know what you found. We're going to post this on, in- on our on, – not Instagram, on our Facebook, on our Facebook page. So if you're listening to this, it's already on our Facebook page. You can find the rest of the squad there. But I have to mention what happened. Dean Henderson, goalkeeper for Sheffield United – went from not on the squad anywhere to top goalkeeper in terms of points per pound. Okay. He Best value at goalkeeper. Best Dean value Henderson. at goalkeeper through nine weeks if he had them all nine weeks. I do a squad that resembles a, an FPL squad. So five defenders, five midfielders, three forwards, okay. right? All five defenders in the points per pound squad come from Sheffield United. Wow. If mm-hmm. you owned John Lundstrom, Jack O'Connell, George Baldock, Enda Stevens, John Egan through five, I'm sorry, through nine weeks, all, all five of them, which obviously you can't, but if you did, you would have the best value at defense that you could possibly have in FPL. In what for world we live? Well, I can well, only for- think that Sheffield's not bad. The first the first thing for what for world we live is hey FPL make the blades a gray matchup. Yeah. Good you want to color code somebody correctly? Color the blades make gray. Make at Sheffield gray. Red. It, that's a mi- minimal. That's a, Liverpool that's a was lucky minimum, to get out of there with a result. It was a Dean Henderson gray. howler that made the difference there. It should have been 0-0 zero, zero in the Liverpool match. Sheffield got a result here against Arsenal. They've already played Chelsea. They've already played Leicester, who's kind of the token top six club that's this fair. season. All they have between now and the halfway point of the season in the top six is at Spurs and hosting United. I think they're going to be all right for a couple more months. Yeah, I might have to slowly transfer in some some blades. Uh, but only blade defenders. And I understand yes. what you're saying about what Arsenal did, Brian, but the numbers don't lie. Through nine weeks of the season, 
you would be better off owning five Blade Defenders than any other defender in terms of value in FPL. Even though you can only own three Correct. Defenders. Of okay. course. But, the, but isn't that incredible? It's yeah. incredible. I can't imagine... I mean, we don't. We haven't. We've only started tracking this this season in this way. We've occasionally brought this up as a metric that we use, but I can't imagine there's been a time. Maybe last year Liverpool had a moment. Liverpool defenders where you had maybe three in the top five. We're talking about one through five being blades in defense. Yeah, from uh, in a segment we like to call from the unpublished uh, one big stat <laughs> column, game week seven edition. <laughs> Uh, the unpublished Sheffield United stat was based on Enda Stevens. Oh. Uh, and I quote myself, I know, I know. You already have John Lundstrom. And who's going to own two Sheffield defenders? Well, how about you just shut up and listen for a second? I can't say anything else about Liverpool, because this was from the Liverpool match when they played them from before, or John Lundstrom. So for me, the story is Enda Stevens. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> I will say that I, even though that's unpublished, I will believe that you typed that after game week seven because that sounds like you, Brian. I am so, so sorry for that. At that <laughs> point, Enda Stevens already had more points than Luca Dina. And I think, I believe he still should have more points I'm sure than Luca Dina. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, I, I loved him, and especially in that Liverpool match. I feel like Enda Stevens has looked excellent in every match that he's played but as you say uh it seemed crazy because at one point it was well i have lundstrom who else am i going to own from sheffield and now uh the correct answer is anyone else all of them all blade <laughs> until fpl's website makes you stop right. that's exactly right all right we're going to give out one more award really quick and work through some of this additional stuff that we've got here i'm going to give out our honorary meaningless fantasy half point at this moment. Sure. We discussed Watford a little bit at the top of our show in reference to Daryl Yanmont. I want to reference someone at the other end of the pitch for Watford. I'm going to give the uh, fantasy half point to Danny Welbeck. Oh. I just feel bad for the guy. Goes off like in a second minute with yep. an injury. Mr. Glass. He's got the talent. Mr. Glass. Just doesn't have the body. Mr. Glass. Very sad. He's, he was back and then he was off just a minute or so in. So, Danny, I know you feel bad. So, hopefully, our honorary meaningless fantasy half point will give you some solace as you recuperate yet again. We also talked about Everton and debated whether or not we should feel good or bad about Everton. Well, it is an Everton player who provides us with this week's sponsor. Oh, yes. Perfect. Hello, I'm Theo Walcott, oh. Everton midfielder, and I'm, Theo. and I'm proud to be on the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast this week to speak on behalf of Barbershed. Barbershed is the place to go for a cut or a shave for boys and men of all ages. I'll bet that they could even give you my jerry curl if you ask them. Oh my. Find out what they can do and how much it'll cost by visiting their Facebook page at Barbershed Liverpool. Check them out today. Well done, Theo. Uh, he was the second best blue for the match against West Ham. Of course, the best was Gilfie Sigurdsson, as usual. But Theo looked great. Looks great because Gil of his hairstyle. Gil thanks for stopping Gilfie by. That little, that little coil that was hanging down. I wanted to thanks to the barbershop. That little Chef. coil was the barbershop. motivation behind this week's sponsor, Brian. <laughs> All right, let's talk about Norwich. They still suck. But, Brian, you asked me a question. And, yes, I did just sneak that in there, Dave. You asked me a question about Daniel Farka uh -huh. and Ben Farka. Godfrey. Yeah. I want you to ask me with the microphones on. Scott, why in the world would 
Daniel Farklife decide to start Ben Godfrey a mere 10 days after hernia surgery. I have no idea. I can only imagine that somewhere in the lowlands... in the game? What in the world? Seriously. He left, he left 46 minutes after he started or whatever. Yeah, apparently hernia surgeries are completely disregarded in the lowlands of Germany. Okay. Farka that, says I that is crazy. Well, I understand. That's crazy. I understand that they. I mean, they have a billion injuries, and he. I think they said he was the only. Uh, <laughs> he was health, the healthiest healthy of them all. <laughs> center back, true center back. They had so he. Let's had see, to play broken leg. Uh, okay, yep. Yeah, you, your heel's been stomped on. You can't hardly walk. Well, hernia. I mean, of the three, that's the best option. So Ben, go on out there. Yeah. Give us. Not, give us what you got. Try not to make any quick moves. <laughs> <laughs> it was not great. All right, so we have been saying from the top of this show that this is not a fun time to be playing FPL. Here's the question I have for the two of you. The temptation among all of us is going to be to make changes, lots of changes. Anyone who has kept their wild card to this point, hey, lucky for you, bring in all those Sheffield defenders. However, for those of us who've already played our wild cards, how many negative four should we actually take right now and if we do take a bunch, is it an overreaction to the downturn right now that's been going on over the last couple of weeks in FPL, or would it be legitimate to do so in response to the results that we've seen? What say you? I say, unless you look at your team and it just sucks. But Dave, just, just all hold, of our man. teams suck. The average no, 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 score no, 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 was no. in the 30s. My team Dave, does not suck. Dave, say you scored 40 points and you were above average. Say yeah, that's but right. say what you said. Just even on the weekend, and I'll let me refresh your memory here. Just repeat what I say because this is okay. what you said. <laughs> what you said, what you said was, I would be doing better. I would be, I would doing, be better. doing better. I would be doing a better if I was making. If I was making a bad team, a bad team instead of I did instead of that. trying to make. I a remember good team. my own quote. Yes. Imagine that. He just that. said it to you. Yes. I would be doing better. <laughs> what? Oh, you know what? Now that I think I of it. I would have been doing it better. I would be doing better if I tried to put out the crappiest team possible as opposed to the best team possible right. every single week. That's exactly about truth. And it's just, it has to stop at some point. Yes. Otherwise, it's just madness. Regression to the mean. I will say this. This is not an American fantasy football podcast. Okay. This same exact thing happened to me in a team that I'm sort of co- co-coaching, co-managing in the fantasy football world. This, just bear with me here, but the team was projected to score 160 points. Two quarterback league, whatever. No one cares about this. This is a, this is a fantasy real football <laughs> league, not American football league. Bottom line is, they scored barely more than half of what they were supposed to score. And it's just like, this is perfect. This is perfect. This is so freaking perfect. This goes along with every single stupid fantasy thing that has gone on in the last three weeks. Why not? I don't know what the answer to the question is, Scott, because I know I have tried to do, I know through the first, at least through the first, I don't know, five weeks or whatever, I tried to minimize my minus points largely because i just thought at some point this is going to turn i don't have players that i don't like i have players who are going up in value these are players who other people are buying i don't feel like i'm making drastic changes or or overreaching on people right 
I got in on the on you know I got in not early enough on Pookie, but I got in early on Todd Cantwell. I feel like there were some of these players that were just kind of hot at the time, and I got the I got there. It has brought me to three million two hundred and seventy five thousand for whatever I'm in. So the I yes. feel like it's sad to say this, but it's almost like the money strategy building up your team value. It's, it's like the, it's like the last. Well, but I'm. I feel no, like it's no, like, no, no, no. I think what I'm saying is it's like the point. last gasp of this because chasing the hot player who was more transferred in. What what weirder result was there this weekend than zero zero Bournemouth Norwich? Yeah, the, the teams that have not had a clean sheet. Neither team has a clean sheet this season, and they play to a nil nil draw and have like a total of four shots on target between them, like. That is the most inexplicable result of the weekend. Callum Wilson was okay, good, not great. Had a good, a couple good chances. Pookie had a really good chance in that match. Like, it's not like it's impossible that goals. I mean, goals probably should have happened, but it was a perfect like at the beach end of season draw almost. Mm, that's a good point. And, and which it, which is valid coming off of international. Break. And everyone looking at uh, look at Chelsea playing home to Newcastle. I feel like everyone kind of expected more than a goal. Well, I expected more from Abraham and Mount, my double well, transfer. Well, that's in. exactly it. So so Tammy Abraham puts a goal or puts a puts a ball off the post. Mm-hmm. Uh, there multiple players Tammy should have scored on he the Polisic pass later like late in the match so there's like multiple times where it's like something's got to give here eventually this is going to pick up for for these players and i feel like the numbers that's why i've been saying for weeks and weeks like the numbers are so dumb because (laughs) here and there they meet up with what's what the reality is certain players are meeting their you know kind of getting the production you'd expect based on what they're actually doing but every other week, it's freaking Aaron Cresswell, and mm-hmm. and it's and it is the entire Sheffield defense when no one really kind of expected it to be that. It's true, and it's Abdullah Dukure all of a sudden. Right, it's 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 like a season of Etienne Capuz all over the league. It's it's well, baloney. Well said. And you're right; it's not not particularly fun, but something's got to give. You know what eventually. it is? It's Daniel Farka. <laughs> you blame him. Ryan, I feel like maybe this is dipping a toe already into the waters of the segment. You asked us to make sure we include it on this pod. I'm not going to spoil the name. I'm going to let you do it. Go ahead and take it away. Welcome to the very first edition in a segment we like to call the very first edition of the first time we've ever done the first version of our new game, Sports Guessing. Sports yes. Guessing. Isn't that all FPL has been to this point? Welcome yes. to the first ever edition of Sports Guessing. Yes. Our first ever episode of Sports Guessing. <laughs> okay, okay, Brian. Oh. Are we still Are we still naming yes. it? Yes, we're still on. Am Go I ahead. still naming it? No, you're going to tell us what this is about. Sports Guessing. It's the best guess that we can possibly come up with. For certain things that have happened so far this season. Sure. That's our best guess is as good as your best guess. Okay, it's I'm sports about, guessing. I'm about to take this away from you. Okay, go ahead. All right. What do you want to know? I thought you were going to give us some things to guess. Oh, no, there's no guessing. That's the whole episode. That's all... That's all this is. The whole thing is in just, fairness. Uh, it's just I'm guessing. expressing questions, but I see your point. Your point is 
very well made. In a way, this that's the most predictable part of this pod. He's exactly right. This whole thing is one big guessing game. That's now, look, all listen, this is. I think this week, I think you should uh, you should own Fabian Schar, Johnny Evans, and uh, uh, Von Anholt, and, um, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. Ignore the yellow triangle. Those will be the studs this week. I just picked random names, Brian. I'll have a better chance than if I actually try to... Figure it you out know what? With, I don't hate. Sources. I don't hate one of those. <laughs> I, I actually really like the. Yes, it is it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because we don't know. I also nobody but I, knows. But I really like the Shar pick. I feel okay. like that's a really but good pick. I'm going to pick midfielders of the week. Midfielders of the week coming up right now. Get ready. Don't hate it. David Silva ha- captain him this week. Telemans is finally going to break out. McTominay. McTominay is going to hit a screamer from midway. Adama Traore is going to get on the score sheet again. Mark it down. That right there. Picks of the week right there. I literally just scanned through randomly and made it up. That, that's You're going to have a better chance at listening to what I just said than if you try to do your best. Listeners, please know that we're being mostly, but unfortunately not entirely sarcastic. This is an awesome first episode of Sports Frickin' Guessing. I actually really like this. Yeah, I do too. Uh, can, can we just close this episode out by saying that VAR is what we have said it is, okay? I know we referenced this a little bit earlier. It, it played a prominent role in a lot of matches this past weekend. But it is what we said it is. It's getting the measurable calls exactly right. And it's supporting the referee's decisions and everything interpreted. I know, and I'm okay with it, but I'm just like, come on, grow a set. Like, freaking... Um... But do you want them to do it now? Like, would you... Like, if they came out and said, okay, we're going to go ahead and change our approach like, on interpretive calls look, leading I, into game I'm week 10. I'm not trying to be whining about this, but... The, it is better than what we had before the season started. The kid Saka for Arsenal, he got taken down in the box. Now, okay, okay, that's not fair. He did not get taken down. He got nudged. There was some contact. And like Brian said before, if there's contact, you just have to go down. He was given a yellow card. That was really harsh because there was contact. Well, you because say it's it wasn't harsh. a flop. Can we talk about this for just one second? Is it worth it? Okay. Saka did go down, but he didn't just go down. He went up and then down. I think he just overreacted to the contact. If he had just gone down and not up and down. And so I guess my question is, how does VAR? It worked for can... hey, it worked for Mo Salah. Oh, of course. It, VAR, always, it always does. Well, but it Sa- always does. Salah's, okay, the one thing we can take away from this is that Salah's a better actor than Saka. That's the one takeaway. Salah, Saka fair. went up and then that. down. Mike Dean said that's not that wasn't a foul, and he went all in on that decision and gave Saka a yellow card for simulation. He did what he needed it to do. It shouldn't simulation. Now, VAR can't worst. change that, though. VAR can't change that. It's not set up to change that. Even if VAR didn't suck at interpretive calls this I season. I think you're slightly wrong about that. Only reason why this. I think they could have awarded a PK in that situation. Okay, I maybe think. maybe that's true. And, and if they do that, then it then has, the card to revoke. has to revoke. Valid point. That that would be the one. I, but that's the only exception that that's a true. card would come off. I think if it's not a red card situation. Correct. 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 Yeah, yeah. Thank you. That's a really good point. But Vier is not going to do that this year. No, they're scared to death to cut the nuts off the refs. They're not. Gonna, yeah, they're not doing that. No. They're even if it's a, if it's obvious in replay that yeah probably they should have made the change. If it's an interpretive call, they're going to support the referee. Yeah. And I made the I, reference I, I, I just multiple weeks think... ago to the fact that like NFL has had replay for years and years, and even last year we still had the issue we had in the playoffs, a very prominent play where pass interference 
was not a reviewable play. Well, yeah, they weren't, was they weren't obvious, allowed to use it. They could not use which, replay. Which is just a for, stupid rule. Stupid. But we are two months, maybe you could say three months in to VAR in its full existence in the Premier League. I It worked against Liverpool in this match. I think if VAR has its full impact, you might see a foul. Both, I think both teams probably should have been awarded a penalty. It, but both of you should have. Potentially. Been, yeah. But, so. Well, but you say, I mean, in this case, I think Origi, you could have called a foul on that. Origi's fouled. That's free kick Liverpool. That counter that United scored their goal on doesn't happen. That's my mm. point there. It's an interpretive play where mm. potentially if VAR is different this year, that doesn't happen. Liverpool steals three points. Potentially against the scoreline, although your points taken, VR might have intervened in other ways. Either way, we know what VAR is at this point. It's better still than what we had last year. Would you still agree, Dave? Oh yeah, sure. Okay, yeah. so it's not what we want it to be, but you know what? It's a whole lot better three months in than NFL's instant replay was, and we are Americans. This is not an American football podcast, but it's a whole lot better than NFL's replay was three months in for the NFL. That's fair. Sun, right. sun was onside. <laughs> Says this first fan. All right. I think we've done what we needed to do. I think people... We need do you to, think we, people had fun? This pod? Listening to this pod. Yes, people had fun this pod. Right. They had more fun listening to this pod than they did watching the <laughs> shit that happened this past weekend. Hey, two notes. Two things that we have to say. I don't know if you want to revisit these at the very, very last thing we say in this podcast. First of all... The cheapest player in the game is Winston Reed for West Ham United. Is he about to come back, Brian? He is no. It's he's three point nine. I'm just saying. <laughs> if you were, if there you is don't now play five defenders, there is now a defender that is there's a defender that's less than four pounds. It's a guy that we. It's been like that for a bit. I meant to say it even uh, a week ago, but okay. Winston Reed three point nine. Listen. He, and, and most of you out there know how valuable a tenth can be when you're trying to yep. make two transfers. And just a reminder that. Game week 10 starts on Friday. Saints play Leicester City this on Friday. Friday night. Well, wow. Friday, Friday afternoon, afternoon here. here in the uh, U.S. of A. There's one guy that definitely had fun in game week 9, even though the rest of us didn't. Yeah. Che Long Ings. Yes. First place in our Super League. 63 points? Do you know how he did it? He got Vardy as his captain. Of course he did. And he has Robertson, Alonzo, and Lundstrom in his back line. Wow. Well done, sir. Then Donker, Sterling, Madison, Mount across his midfield with a partner do you with know what? Do you know what this looks like? There's a lot of blue. <laughs> a <laughs> lot of blue. A crap ton of blue up there. You got, um, get Dan Donker out of there. Che Long Ings continuing to hang around the top three. Pookie Man right there in second place. And a newcomer to the top three, Super Frank's eleven. He's hey, been does, around, but hey, he's does Pookie top Man three. still have Timu Pookie? Pookie Man has Timu Pookie. Huh. Malpay, I, I Abraham, Sterling to Brown him again. Mount Alexander Arnold, so I'll be really curious Tory. to see. Henderson. Six points from Henderson. Well done to you, Pookie Man. You knew that Sheffield yeah, do you see was his, holding on. Yeah, but do you see his bench? Hey. He regrets his bench. Well, you know what that let, let, Sorry, let's be man. fair. Obviously, all I'm looking at is that the he might not he might have started some of those. Well, he might have started Salah. It's tough to say who who got subbed in there. But yeah, Lundstrom and Rico on Pookie the Man not getting Lundstrom 6 and Rico's 8 is yeah, brutal. That hurts. Yeah. That would have been the difference. He would have stayed in first place. You're right. Yeah. That stinks. Hey, that means we have a competitive Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast Super League. Love it. 
we're glad that you're along for the ride with us. We hope that you'll uh, continue to listen to this pod, continue to follow us on all the different social media channels that you can follow us on. Follow us on Facebook. We post all of our updates there, and we, we exclusively put our points per pound tracking that we do on our Facebook page. Instagram, Running Diary of My Crap Squad. I hope you enjoy the comedy that is our Instagram feed right now. Follow us on Twitter. You'll see all the different updates that we make, the occasional funny comment that Brian makes that I think to post on Twitter, and then our website, fantasysoccerfc.com. Boom! Hey, who's your who's your real captain this week? Real captain for me this week? I am. Who's all... your non-Manchester City captain this week? Because home to Aston Villa is going to be I, I a got, shoe in yeah, for most. I got everyone. Sterling. I got Sterling. Um, if on my team, if I did not have to pick a City player. I would pick uh, Pereira at Watford. That's silly. Wow. I, I don't. I just Mane. I don't love. Actually, you know what? No, that's not true. I'd pick Mane home to Spurs if I didn't. He's my I don't vice think captain. That's a bad pick. He's my vice captain right now. So I have no idea how my squad's going to look as I sit here. I'm probably going. I took my first negative four two weeks ago with Mount and Abraham going into game week nine. Mm-hmm. Didn't pay off. Uh, I might do it again, even though I, I know what you said. What you said about not taking too many negatives is probably going to keep me from going to a negative eight. But even in spite of that, like I want to bring in Aguero, but but I also don't. I'll probably bring in Sterling. I've got the money to bring in Sterling and Mane. Okay. Because I have a ton of money in my bank, and I've got to spend That's it. i got to get it on the pitch. I've got nearly four pounds in my bank. That's a good bit. I did that. I, we talked about that last pod. I'm going to spend it. I'll probably go to Sterling and Mane, and then at that point, it's one of those two guys as my captain. Your team will look a lot better when you bring those two guys into your squad. Yeah, it's just a matter of who who goes out. I don't know. I'm not sure. Follow us on Instagram to find out what I do. Uh, at Southampton for Jamie Vardy seems like a decent uh, a decent choice. Jamie Vardy has not scored against Southampton since 2016. Wow. Uh, the last time he scored Same against too. Southampton, Virgil van Dyke uh, was on the Southampton squad, and I assume Vardy scored his goals after van Dyke had been subbed off. <laughs> yeah, probably. Well said. Hey, hey, anything else here, Scott? I think we've done everything we can do to try to cheer up every FPL owner who follows us. Well, good. I, I Listen, this pod, I hope, was better than this past game week. It had to have been. Better than this past match week for the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Until next time.